Thank you. Thank you, Andrew, for leading us in prayer. <clears throat> and thank you, John, for, for opening up. And I'd add to John's welcome. If you're a visitor here for the first time, it's good to have you. Unfortunately, because of uh, some people self-isolating because they're close contacts, where I didn't have the key to get at the, the Bibles at the back. So if you don't, didn't bring your Bible, my apologies. I'm just going to read a little bit from Exodus um, chapter 23. Ruth read earlier from James just on taming our tongue, basically, because I want to speak this morning on the use of our tongues. Um, as John said, I was called on to, to speak uh, at the last minute, so I went over some old sermons, I'm afraid, and <clears throat> this is what I have. But James, or Exodus chapter 23, and verse, um, verse 1, and it begins, and this is God speaking in the Old Testament, and he says, do not spread false reports. Do not help a wicked man by being a malicious witness. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. When you give testimony in a lawsuit, do not pervert justice by siding with the crowd and do not show favoritism to a poor man in his lawsuit. If you come across your enemy's ox or donkey wandering off, be sure to take it back to him. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you fallen down under its load, do not leave it there. Be sure you help him with it. Do not deny justice to your poor people in their lawsuits. Have nothing to do with a false charge and do not put an innocent or honest person to death for I do not acquit the guilty. Do not accept a bribe for a bribe blinds those who see and twists the words of the righteous. And may the Lord bless the, the reading and the study of his word as we spend just a little while in, in looking at it together now. Um, let's pray. Father, this is the word of God. It is more precious to us than the food we eat. It is more precious than anything, for it tells us how to find eternal life in Jesus Christ. And Lord, it tells us how to live godly lives for Jesus Christ as a result of that. Help us as we study it together to be a people who are convicted of our need to be more godly. For Lord, we are sinful. We are cursed by sin nature. But thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come to indwell those whom you call to be your own. Bless us with that desire to live for Jesus as we study your word together now. Amen. Amen. Well, when I was, what well, it, it was many years ago, some of you might know a name called Dr. Moira Woods. Dr. Moira Woods was uh, in the news quite a lot. She was working for the, the health agency in the child support area. And she became a household name for possibly all the wrong reasons because as a psychiatrist, she accused a number of uh, people of, of child abuse and it were, they were false accounts. And they took years and years to clear their names. She made the false accusations and that was it. And there was nothing they could do to clear their name. Eventually it was acknowledged after years of, of struggles that these were false accusations. The doctor was utterly wrong. Um, She's since resigned and, and moved abroad. But one man later commenting said, the damage can never be undone. There will always be the doubt. There's no smoke without fire. Maybe there was something in it. Marriages fell apart. Families were torn apart by false accusations. A few well-chosen words ruined people's lives their marriages, everything. 
And scripture speaks quite a lot about the use of our tongues. As I found when I, when I was preparing this, um, working on it, both the Old Testament and the New tell us how we ought to use our tongues, what to speak and how to speak. Words, you see, do not form in your mouth. Words do not even form in your mind. Words come from your heart. They are a reflection, a reflection of the kind of person you are. It all stems from your heart. Jesus said, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, murder, adultery. It is in there. It is the character of the person you are. Jesus speaks about how you should speak. Paul writes in his letters, James writes, as, as, as Ruth read, Proverbs speaks quite a lot about the words you use. The Ten Commandments speak about false accusations. Those are just a few passages. But what they all say is, guard your tongue, watch what you say. There are both positive and negative comments about how we should speak. Um, First of all, just to to look at a few things about the negatives first, it talks about coarse talk or unwholesome talk. Paul writes in Ephesians, he says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Paul is saying there that do not, do not spread false reports because that is grieving the Holy Spirit. It offends him when, when you do such things. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Equally, in the same letter, in chapter 5, verse, verse 4, Paul writes, and, and he, he says, constantly, he, he is saying, be careful what you say. It's obscene, he says, to, to, to say the wrong things. Rude jokes, foul language are not right, he is saying. Your conversation is a reflection of the person you are. The words you speak speak to, the, to, to man more than anything else. And sometimes the words you don't speak, as we'll see in a while. But it's easy to, get, to happen to get dragged into things, whether it's in the workplace or, or wherever else in, in school. In, in, in any situation, you can get dragged in and dragged down. You are urged by God's word, guard what you say. Do not let any unwholesome talk, no foul language. Be careful, is what the scriptures say. If you struggle with these things, and it's possible that any of us could, talk to your Father in heaven. If you struggle, and and I sometimes, I often say the wrong things myself, we need to talk to our Heavenly Father and say, Lord, help me to prevent this. Help me to stop behaving like this. Talk to somebody else about it, to a fellow believer, because it will be both a challenge to them, but it will also be a challenge to you that you will be accountable to somebody else. So if, if, I, if, if I were to speak to John and say, John, I have a struggle with, with bad language, will you, will you keep me accountable? John would perhaps once a week or once a month come and say, how are you doing? And if I am a Christian, I will feel accountable to each other. That is how we should behave as Christians, accountable to God through each other. It, it is a way of guarding our tongue. Paul also warns when he's writing to Timothy. Paul's letters to Timothy are very practical in so many ways. And he talks about meaningless talk or foolish talk. <clears throat> and he's, he's, he's writing to Timothy. He says, 
I, I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines any longer, nor to devote themselves to endless myths and genealogies. These promote controversies rather than God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some some have wandered away from these and turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. And so people come up. Sorry, um, people come up and, and they, you know, meaningless talk means something like, I wonder, and they try to be serious, did Adam have a belly button? And, and you know, they, they go into great detail about this. If, if Adam wasn't born, did he? Or, or they might say something like, I wonder, you know, what sort of fish swallowed Jonah? And, and to go into those details, they are not important. That is meaningless talk. There are far more important things that a Christian should discuss with another believer whether it's how to reach others with the gospel, what the Lord means to them. Do not get involved in meaningless conversations like that is what it warns. There, it is easy to get dragged down into foolish talk. And Paul is warning Timothy, he says, do not get involved in these things. Warn others to keep away from these things. And this is the word of God. It is speaking to us. Be careful of the things you get involved in, the conversations Another aspect of of the Christian walk in your speech is to do with gossip. Gossip is a warning that we can all, it is something we fall into so easily. And, And Paul wrote to Timothy again, he said, people get into the habit of being idle, going about from house to house. Not only do they become idlers, but also gossips and busybodies saying things they ought not to. And there's that, that old phrase, the devil finds work for evil, for idle hands and it's absolutely true that we we can easily if, if we have too much time in our hands we begin to talk and the talk gets looser and gossip follows and that there used to be a, a saying in the in the second world war that um what is it uh oh I'm trying to think there, there was a phrase that they used to use it was to, to do with um Loose talk causes, yeah, it, it, I'll have to say, sorry? Loose lips sink ships, that was one of them. Yeah, it's, it's when, yeah, it's, you see Alan's age is showing there now. <laughs> um, but it's true that the warning was to people that they, look, if you are just casually talking, you don't know who you're talking to, who you're, li- who's listening. And information that is important could get back to the enemy. Loose lips sink ships. Um, What the scriptures say is gossip is not just saying unkind things, but sometimes even unnecessary things. And we often think of sin as being perhaps greed or covetousness or anger or jealousy or lust or stealing. But we tend to think gossip isn't that serious. And yet the reality is loose words do end people's lives. They destroy people's lives. It is serious. Sin is. It is one of those, I suppose we'd call it, among the respectable sins. I'm only telling you this for your good, you know, so you'll know what he's like or what she's like. 
and it is wrong. Only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, Paul said. What, what Proverbs says is, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's inmost parts. A perverse man stirs up dissension, and a gossip separates close friends. It happens so easily, we get dragged into gossip and say, just so you know what they're like, I'll tell you. If it is not helpful, do not speak it, is what the word of God says. Gossip may be true, but it does destroy lives. Let's never forget that. It is meant to, it is subtle, and it is the devil's way of destroying people. In the New Testament, the the word for gossip is actually, in, in Greek, it's whisperer. It means someone who whispers things. And it's always a whisper because you don't want them to hear it themselves. But a good rule is never say anything behind someone's back that you wouldn't say to their face. Jesus wouldn't have done it, and you and I shouldn't have done it either. We should be careful in the words we speak. In, in our modern world, the gospel is actually given even greater power than it, it was when, when these letters were first written because we have social media, which is a means of spreading gossip so, so easily. You know, there was a time when people painted graffiti to, to destroy people's lives. Now it is so easy just to say, I think such and such a person is a creep. They're dangerous. I don't trust them. And once it goes out there, there's no pulling it back. But as a believer, you and I have a responsibility. Be careful in the words we speak. Be careful in the things you write, what you tell others. Because the scriptures say what is written, what is spoken in secret will be declared from the mountaintops. You and I will stand before God, before the judgment seat of God, and he will question you. Why did you say this? I I can't say I know exactly what the day of judgment will be like. But behave as though that is it. Because you will give account for every word you speak. The scriptures say that. Guard your tongue. It is the wellspring of life. And sadly, some people gather information, it must be said, simply to be in the know, to be the first one with the news, to say, I know such and such a person, even though it may be something totally innocent, like, do you know such a person has just had a baby? It may be good news, but but this clinging to say, I was the first one to find out. I want to tell you the news. Be careful. Do not let gossip dictate your life. Secondly, another aspect, a negative aspect of your speech is, is lying. Um, and the command, tenth commandment forbids you to tell, give false reports. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor itself. Do not lie against his good name. And even if he doesn't have a good name, do not lie against him anyway. Do not spread false reports. Do not tell lies. There's an incident in in the Old Testament. Um, I think of all the female characters in the Old Testament, the most badly spoken against is, is Jezebel. And most of us, I think, don't even know, why is Jezebel? You know, people are called a Jezebel. Why is a Jezebel such a bad thing? Well, the story of Jezebel was her, her husband, Ahab, he wanted to buy a vineyard, to buy a piece of land to have his vineyard near his garden. 
But unfortunately, the man who owned the land said, no, that's, that's family land. I don't want to sell it. And his wife, Jezebel, said, you don't want to sell it? He won't sell it? I'll sort it for you. So what she did is she got a great feast in the town that day, and then she got a few scoundrels to stand up front and say, Naboth, the man who owned the land, he has cursed God and cursed the king. He should be put to death. And they got a few witnesses, false witnesses, and, and he was stoned to death. And then Jezebel said, no, go and buy the land. You can get it now. He's gone. It was false, a false witness. It was deliberate. Be careful not to tell lies. I, I hope none of us would ever do such an evil thing as that. But the sad thing is what she got done there was what we would call perjury, telling lies in a public court setting. And sadly, the thing is, it happens in this country every day. People go before a court, before a judge, and they tell lies. It is illegal, but it's never punished. It's just a, that's not true. But it is in the eyes of God it is very serious because it is standing before God and saying, as you are my witness, I am telling the truth. And then you tell a blatant lie. And man has accepted that lying is, is one of those respectable sins that is okay in society. It's not too bad a thing. It is deceitful against both God and man. God's law goes far beyond it, though, not just telling lies, but sometimes exaggerating is a means of telling lies to, to say there were thousands of people. They all saw it, and it may have been just a few dozen or something like that. Exaggerating is, is a means of, of it is telling lies, essentially, or even half-truths. I, I, I still remember many years ago, I was, uh, it was in some church setting in Northern Ireland, and there was this, this lady came in. She was very upset when she came into the prayer meeting that night. And she said they were doing a, a survey in, in the schools on, on um, healthy eating. And I, I served the, the food over the counter for the kids. They, in the schools in the north, they, they served lunches at that time. And, and they were asking us what we serve the children for, you know, healthy food. And they said, do you, do you serve chips? Because chips were seen as, as unhealthy. And she said, well, yes, we serve chips on a Friday. And so when it came out on TV that evening, the question was, do they serve chips? And it was, yes, we serve chips. And they left out the, on a Friday, it was a half-truth. And she came in saying, it, it made it sound like we serve chips every day as part of the everyday meal. We don't. But by cutting it, it was a half-truth that made it look like something totally different. It was false reporting. And she was very, very upset. And half-truths are as bad as lying sometimes. But that's, that's all the negatives about, about our speech. Just look at the positives, because you as a Christian, this is what applies to you positively. Um, truthfulness is, is one definite guideline. Um, Paul wrote in Ephesians again, he says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. And if a Christian cannot speak the truth, what does it say of his trust in God? It surely questions your very salvation to say, I don't trust God enough to say this or do this. It brings the integrity of the gospel into question. Basically, as a Christian, we should never tell lies. 
It will cost you at times. And I, I, I won't say it is easy. I don't have all the answers in this case um, because there are situations where you'll wonder, what should I do? I, I read recently the book um, The Hiding Place by Corrie Ten Boom. Her family were all imprisoned in Holland in the Nazi era during the Second World War because they were hiding Jewish refugees in their house in, in an attic, a secret room in their house. And they had the, the very difficult decision because they were suspected of, of doing this. And so soldiers would come every now and then and say, are you hiding people in your house? What do you do in that situation? Because you know that if you say, yes, I am hiding people, you will get arrested. Those who are hidden will get arrested and most likely all will die. She herself survived, but her father and her sister both died in concentration camps. It is not easy to be truthful, but Christian, be careful that you speak. If you, yeah, just be way carefully before you tell a lie because you will answer to God for the things you do. And I, I don't have all the answers, but it will cost you to be a Christian. Soundness of speech is something that we're urged. It cannot be condemned because um, to be Paul, when he's writing to Titus, he, he, he writes and says, let them know you by the soundness of your speech. To be someone whose, whose speech is known as a sound is one of the greatest compliments that you can have. It doesn't mean, a, a, for example, in Proverbs it says, even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. You may not be very intelligent, very wise, but if you don't say anything, people will think maybe he's very deep, very wise. Um, that's what Proverbs says, but what Proverbs also says, wise words from a highly regarded person, someone who is known to think before they open their mouth. And it, it doesn't mean a person necessarily speaks very little, but it is good to think before we speak. Speak truthfully, speak wholesome speech. And we can't all be like that all the time, but in vital issues, do not be rash in the things you speak. Think before you speak. Be thoughtful. Um, Paul, again writing to Timothy, says, set an example for the believers in speech, in your life, in your behavior. Our speech ought to be without fault. You do have the ability to control your tongue. You do have the ability to, to hold back those, those angry words. And it's, it's not your, your voice, it's not your pronunciation, but your speech should be that of someone who says, I can trust that person. He is trustworthy. Every moment, every word you speak is an opportunity to glorify God. Let's take every chance to do that because our words and our expressions are all for God. <clears throat> and, and Paul again wrote, he says, on the contrary, he says, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity like men sent from God. And you are sent from God to this world. You are an ambassador for Christ. Every aspect of your life. And I, I'm convicted in this myself as, a, <clears throat> as I was going over this, that every aspect of our lives ought to glorify Christ. You are speaking in the presence of God. You say to yourself, 
how would I behave if Jesus was here in front of me? Think about it. What words would you use? Would you be angry or impatient? I, I still remember many years ago chatting with a couple and, and they were struggling in their marriage. They were at each other's throats quite a lot. And he said, you know, she makes me so angry. I just literally cannot help but shouting and screaming at her. We get so upset with each other. I cannot hold it back. I tried to, but she brings out the worst in me. And then when he was asked, but tell me, would you do that if your father was in the room with you? Because he, he, he had a very good relationship with his father. And she said, no, he wouldn't, because his father has come in the middle of an argument and suddenly everything stops. He is, he was able to control it, but he didn't. He thought he couldn't, but it was a choice he made. And we are able to control our anger. We are able to control our words. Don't ever say, I couldn't help saying it, because you can. It is from the heart that the words come. It isn't your mouth. It isn't even your mind. It is your heart. <clears throat> Submit your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's another form of speech that we sometimes don't think of as speech, but it's something called silence. And it could be positive or it could be negative. And silence will often speak more than words. And <clears throat> Peter wrote, wrote in his letter, he said, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Do be a, be a person who is known for doing what is right, not just saying what is right, because by doing so you will silence others. You will silence the ignorant talk of foolish men, Peter says. It's by silence rather than it's by action rather than silence that you speak. And rather than speak in ways that bring the good name of others into disrepute, we should often keep a tight rein on our tongues, avoid a quarrel simply by not getting involved in things. Silence can be used negatively, it can be used positively. Negatively, you, know, you, you sometimes get the, the illustration, you see it in, in a soap opera, you know, you've something like maybe neighbors or something like that. And you've got a couple of teenagers there and they're, they're talking, gossiping. And then the person they're gossiping about comes along and there's absolute silence and there's an atmosphere and the silence is speaking to the person who comes along. We were talking about you. We do not like you. And they're made to feel unwelcome by the silence. Silence can often speak far louder than words. It can be used to destroy people. It can be used in, in a court of law to destroy people. When we should speak up, and that's what the word of God urges, speak up to defend the innocent. Do not remain silent when you know an innocent person is being accused. Be slow to speak and quick to listen, is what James writes in his letter. How then can we tame our tongues? How can we get it right? 
and live the kind of life that brings honor to God rather than dishonor to him? I believe the answer is in in what the Lord Jesus said when he wrote, and I'll end with this, and Jesus spoke, make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit, you brood of vipers, How can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored in him. But I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. It is out of the overflow of your heart that your mouth speaks, Jesus says. And if we continually act in a way that dishonors Christ, we will stand before the judgment seat to give account for it because our hearts are doing what suits them. Submit your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray and ask God's blessing on us. Father in heaven, I praise and thank you that your word is challenging it is awakening in us a sense of right and wrong it challenges our behavior because lord god it points out that we are sinners but lord it also teaches us how to live positively for jesus may we be a people who study your word who soak it in and who seek to live for the glory of christ rather than for our own desires bless us lord god almighty with a desire for holiness always. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.